This is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Friday morning, Mike McNamara for Friday edition of All Marine Radio. The Mensa Brothers are going to join me here. Um, I've been up in Sacramento, California, where I grew up, and for a funeral for one of my best friends uh, in, uh, when I was in grammar school and in high school. His name was Keith Bonts, and um, um Keith got involved in uh, in drugs, uh, cocaine, and used to love to go out at night and dance and go clubbing and all the rest of that stuff. And uh, got into a bad way, wound up spending time in prison for robbing banks, robbing a bank, and... Uh, and just struggled throughout his life. And uh, so I got a chance to spend some time with his mom and dad. His dad was a high school football coach um, and teacher at where I went to high school. And uh, his brother, Kevin, and his sister, Kelly. And, uh, I mean, he, Keith was just blessed with a, with a wonderful family. Um, and, you know, the pain that you go through when you have somebody like that in your family is excruciating and so but it was great to see them and spend time with them got a chance to hang out with my uh my best friend my cousin tom and we've been best friends since we were little guys and so uh hang out with him for a couple days so that was cool and um yeah his wife tom's wife julie made like they have a son who has crohn's disease so i bitch when i go up there that i I've got to eat Crohn's food. What the fuck, right? And um, so no wheat, no a lot of different things, right? If you're going to eat a diet that kind of insulates you from it exacerbating your Crohn's disease. So when you go into the house, that's what you get. So, uh, but Julie made these lettuce wraps. And I should get the recipe and put it up. I will get the recipe and put it up on the website if you like stuff like that. But she said there. Uh, she said it's uh, most of the recipe is from P.F. Chang's, and uh, but they. I don't know if it's pork with an Asian twist and all that. But I'm. It was delicious. Yeah. So, but uh, and then drove back home yesterday. So good morning to you. Um. When I drove up Tuesday afternoon, 
Uh, one of the things I was wondering was, would um, would the citizens of San Francisco recall their um, would they recall their district attorney? And I thought, you know what? I mean, if this guy is so far, I mean, he's not even out in left field, man. He's like, he's like Elvis has left the building shit. Um, I mean, is there any hope if the citizens of San Francisco can't figure this shit out, given what, what, the, what people like this have done to their city? The amount of crime, the amount of drug abuse, the amount of homelessness, it just, you know, lays on the streets, injects drugs. And I had somebody send me just, you know, walking down the street, you know, a picture of somebody just, you know, whacked out on drugs, slumped over, you know, and they said, this is routine in San Francisco now. Free needle programs, you know, all the shit that they've done. Anyway, um, and so Tuesday night, I was actually still driving when the first returns came in, and it was overwhelming that the citizens would recall him. And it was just like, what a sense of relief that maybe we can. And I said this, you know, after the George Floyd stuff, that with all the writing, it's like, look, you know, we're going to have to go through this so people learn. And it's going to be sad, but it looks like the beginning of getting to a better place. And uh, and so I hope hopefully the next person that gets recalled is a d- district attorney in Los Angeles who came from San Francisco. Um, so, um, yeah. So that was a positive thing. Um Whitney Houston sings the national anthem this morning uh, on a Friday. Good morning to you.
And uh, this is dedicated to the voters of San Francisco. Um, God bless you. Nice going. if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well i'm very confident that thank you very much if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech but I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Alright, we'll take a look at the weather in Marine Land. Currently it's uh, mostly sunny in 76 in Quantico, down the coast at Cherry Point. It is Cloudy in 76. 29 Palms is sunny in 88 already. Pendleton, cloudy in 62. Camp Smith in Hawaii, clear dark in 74. In uh, Okinawa, it is dark cloudy in 80. In Manila, it's dark cloudy in 83. Darwin, coldest I've ever seen it. Clear, dark, and 69 degrees in Darwin. And in Kiev, or Kiev as it's now known, sunny and 86 degrees. That is late in the day. Currently at the home of All Marine Radio, it is mostly cloudy and 64 degrees. Looking for a high today of 74, 75 tomorrow, 74 on Sunday, 72 Monday, 77 on Tuesday. 
I love that. Anything in the 70s, I'm all about. So that is a look at your weather. We'll do a quick check of news headlines, and then you will hear the Mensa Brothers. So, yeah, here on a Friday. Um, anything else going on? No. Uh, top story in Stars and Stripes. Uh, no deaths from a second military aircraft crash in two days. The Marine Corps says all five Marines that were aboard an Osprey that belonged to the 3rd Marine Air Wing, which is located in Southern California. Uh, this Osprey out of Camp Pendleton uh, crashed in the California desert. All five Marines were killed. A second Navy helicopter crashed, but everybody walked away from that. Um, next headline, U.S. approves sale of $120 million in warship parts to Taiwan, irking China. Um, top story in the Wall Street Journal is U.S. inflation hit a new four-decade high in May. Uh, it will break records in June, July, and August as well. That's my prediction. Uh, just driving from Southern California to Northern California, I filled up. Actually, the rental car I, I used, because uh, it was cheaper for me to buy a rental car that was a hybrid and gets like, somewhere between 35 and 45 miles to the gallon, right? To rent it because gas is so expensive then to drive my truck. So I did that. Um, so I filled up, I got gas in Northern California for $6 and seven cents or nine cents a gallon. I bought gas again in Sacramento yesterday morning to drive back down here for $6.24 a gallon. And then in Los Angeles, I had to get gas before I turned my rental car in. And I bought that for $6.80 a gallon. And um, everything I've read tells me that those prices are going up. So um, if it's that price here in California, everybody else will be pushing $5 a gallon soon. And um, the good thing is that um, hopefully those events will get the people that have given us this constrictive structure and approach to energy um, out of office. Maybe not the president, but certainly the House, the Senate will change hands. And um, and there needs to be a different approach to energy in the country. And again, in California this summer, again, this desire to be green will leave the citizens without enough energy so there will be blackouts. Blackouts, rolling blackouts in California in the summer because there won't be enough energy. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? It's stupid. So it's a uh, it's an agenda-driven thing, um, and it's just stupid. So they get what they get. So anyway, um, 
Subheadline in the Wall Street Journal, increase of 8.6% in consumer price index decks driven by a sharp rise in energy and food prices. Um, if you're invested in the stock market, stocks are falling broadly after the report on inflation. So that's top story in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, top story in the New York Times is Trump was at the center, colon, January 6th hearing lays out vivid case. So literally, in a made-for-TV event, right, the January 6th House Committee presents its testimony and graphic footage of the riot last night. Uh, top headline in Washington Post is Panel Blames Trump for Capital Carnage. Subheadline, according to Liz Cheney, Trump expressed sentiment that Mike Pence deserved to be hanged. Top headline in USNI News is Navy helicopter crashes in California, crew members safely rescued. The Navy has rescued four crew members of a helicopter that crashed in California on Thursday. During, a, during flight training in El Centro, California, an MH-60, you would know them as a Black Hawk, right? From the Merlins of Helicopter Sea Combat Squadron, HSC-3 went down at about 6 p.m. All four crewmen on board survived the crash and have been safely recovered. One of the air crew suffered non-life-threatening injuries has been transported to a local hospital. The crash happened one day after a Marine Corps Osprey crashed in Southern California northeast of El Centro, killing all five Marines on board. The Osprey was part of MAG-39. doesn't say anything there is no preliminary statement on the on the on the cause of the crash so that in the news another story in usni news it's relatively interesting turkey pursuing talks with russia while stalling sweden and finland's nato application according to a panel that kind of interesting next headline white house nominates first black marine for a fourth star he is Lieutenant General Michael Langley, head of U.S. Africa Command. Many uh, predict that General Langley will be the next Commandant of the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. Relative to the Osprey crash, um, nobody has... Um, speculated on any kind of reason for the crash. They were conducting a training mission near Glamis, California. So let me tell you where Glamis, California is. Right, so it's been referenced near um, El Centro. So I'll give you a little bit better frame of uh, of reference. So it is northwest of Yuma. 
and I can give you, if I pull up Google Earth here, because I still have it up from when Grant was on earlier this week. I can give you a distance, and I will do that here momentarily, so stand by. Glamis, Yuma is there. It is northeast of Yuma by... About 33 miles. So pretty close to Yuma. When it crashed. Second uh, MV-22 crash this year for the Marine Corps. The last one happened... Uh, in March in Norway. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, um, everybody's thoughts and prayers go out to those two families. The uh, next story in Let me do the top five stories in, in early bird. Number one, um, another military aircraft crashes in California desert, one hurt in a Navy helicopter incident. Number two, brain disease affecting pro football players appears to be rare in the military, according to a study. That's the um, chronic traumatic encephalopathy encephalopathy CTE that has been been linked to head contact in contact sports um, so it appears to be rare in the military next story how the army can work around states cracking down on abortion and transgender rights that's in army times uh, next story, Biden nominates Marine General as the next commander of U.S. forces in Africa. That's in Defense News. And number five is, despite confusing fitness standards, Air Force didn't play favorites with female special tactics training, trainee, according to an IG report. This has to do with... Um, Again, and this is an often told story, but um, trying to get more women through special operations um, training pipelines and not in order to get into the community. And so uh, it seems like on a regular basis, uh, because the services feel pressure to increase those numbers, uh, instructors have pressures put on them to get women through these courses. And so you see... Um, you see essentially the fallout. Um, you see the fallout uh, from uh, that pressure appear in, uh, in these stories on a regular basis. So nothing new. And sometimes they find that people did bend rules. Sometimes they find uh, they do not. So that's what that article's about. Um, overseas operations, um, in Air Force Magazine, 
Pacific allies worry about Taiwan invasion, call for closer U.S. cooperation. Uh, in the Ukraine war, three foreigners who fought for the Ukraine were sentenced to death. I think two are from the United Kingdom. Um, the big story right now in Russia, and, and we'll kind of we'll lean back into that uh, when the Mensa brothers come on next week, but um, the Russians still have their sights set on the eastern city of Severstanis. Probably not how you pronounce that name, but I think I came relatively close. Uh, next story in the Washington Post, uh, Vladimir Putin links territorial aims to Russia's imperial past, Ukraine losing up to 200 fighters on a daily basis. Next story is the United Kingdom says Maripol at risk of a cholera outbreak. Next story from the New York Times is dead cities becomes a flashpoint for a fierce war in the east. And that is uh, the cities surrounding uh, the city of Severodonetsk. So all of that, uh, all of that in the news. Um, and now without further ado, uh, the Mensa brothers join me here on a Friday edition of all Marine radio. And as I said, we're going to talk about three stories. One is, um, you know, major general Allen has been, uh, accused of, um, and it really came out of another investigation into, um, influence operations. Uh, on behalf of the government of Gutter, and um, and in the course of that investigation, they found out that General Allen uh, was retained, and this is uh, something that saw former ambassador to Pakistan, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, his name is Richard Olson. Um, he's found, he pled guilty to violating the one-year moratorium after you leave appointed an appointed position and then lobbying for somebody. He violated that, pled guilty. In the course of that investigation, uh, General Allen, John Allen, is, um, it's uncovered that he did something on behalf of the government of gutter and that's what the investigation is about so we talk about that we talk about social media and the uniform services you know what is the point you know what is the point and then two and then the third topic uh that we talk about is um article written about the daylight between the navy and the marine corps in in the area of shipbuilding critical to amphibious operations absolutely critical to the commandant's force design. And it seems that the Marine Corps and the Navy are not even close to the same position in spite of um, the love fest that you hear about, oh yeah, we, we support force design 2030, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's certainly not showing up in the area of the budget. So uh, we cover those three topics. So without further ado, here are the Mensa brothers. It's Friday morning. And so, joining me 
to say the Mensa brothers is not really what's the Mensa. The Mensa dunces are joining me this morning. We just had a very interesting discussion. The uh, Mensa wannabes. <laughs> the Mensa. Anyway, uh, joining me from, I think, Southern California, Jeff Kenny. Jeff, how are you? Good. I am in Southern California. All right. That's good. That's good. Um, and uh, from McAllen, Texas, Tim Lynch. Tim, how are you? Doing just great, Matt. Thanks. How about yourself? I'm fine. I'm fine. Actually, I, you know, I just got back from going to a funeral for, you know, one of my one of my childhood best friends. And uh, so, you know, he lost his way, got involved in drugs, went to prison for bank robbery. You know, and you're sitting there at the funeral looking at pictures that you've been cropped out of, right? Because they're only about the person being buried. And, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's head, sh- yeah. head shaking, right? You grew up with somebody and, and then, the da- you know, the damage along the way to his family and whatnot. So, anyway. Uh, sad couple days. Uh, joining me from, uh, but thank you for asking, uh, from the greater Kansas City area, Will Costantini. Will, how are you? I am grand. Good morning. All right. Um, topic number one is John Allen. Um, I guess uh, I would start by just saying pretty serious allegations uh, publicized by somebody who we all know uh, extremely well, and that is... Uh, General John Rutherford Allen. Um, and so uh, I guess, uh, Jeff, did you work for him twice? Was he the CEO of the basic school when you were the head of IOC, the group chief? You're Jeff's mute. on mute. Jeff, you're muted. Okay, I was in command and staff across the, uh, the highway there, uh-huh. and he asked me to come over. This is in November or October, November of uh, 2000. He asked me to be the next director of IOC. So I was like super honored. I said, yes, sir, I definitely will. So I got put, I got orders and everything. Wow. But by the time I got there in uh, in May of, uh, after we graduated of 2001, he had been moved to the Naval Academy. First uh, Marine officer in history, I think, to be that, to have that job. Am I right on that one, Will? Yeah, he was a commandant of midshipmen, so he's a number two guy there, first Marine yeah. to do that. So we had just we had Colonel Shusko, Lieutenant Colonel Shusko standing in. And then we got Colonel Byrd in the summer. Right as I got there, Colonel Byrd, the first AAV guy to be the director of the basic school or the CEO of the basic school, showed up. So I didn't work for him twice, no. But he did get, get me that – he picked me for that job just like he picked me for IOC back in 92. Got it. Um, I worked for him for two years at IOC and have been friends with him. I actually, I just saw him at, um, I just saw him at, um, major general, oh my God, I'm being an idiot, a funeral in Washington, DC. Um, and, uh, I got a chance to hang out with him for a little bit. General, general Robeson. What's that? No, general Rollins. General- Major General Rollins. Rollins. Major General Rollins, Rollins, Rollins was right. buried uh, back when I was speaking at eight to nine. They they wanted me to go to a funeral, and, and they said we'd like you to see what we do. And and uh, I said who's being buried? And he said uh, uh, the CEO of the base school. Hey, yeah, he said uh, he said Major General Rollins. And I said oh shit. I said I'd go to that whether you, you were inviting me or not. I I didn't know he was being buried. Oh, and, and, yeah, and and then I thought well I mean hell I'll see. Uh, 
I'll see, you know, General Allen, General Kelly, if they're available, they'll both be there. I know that. And bigger than shit, they were there. And so I got a chance to see both of them. So, uh, no, I mean, have been friends since, you know, 1990 for me. Um, and then Timmy and I both went over there at the same time. I, I got warned. John Allen, um, Mac, you're not his kind of guy. He's very straight-laced. And uh, you need to be very careful when you work for him. That guy opened up more doors for me. And... Uh, the assessment was right. I mean, Major Allen at the time was a, he's, he's not like us, um, but um, he's a very serious guy, uh, not nearly as funny as we are. Um, but you know what? I mean, he, if you were a hard worker and you did good stuff, I mean, he did nothing. But with the decision-making stuff I did, he took me to the Naval Academy, he took me to West Point, he sent me to SOI East and West. I mean, he did all these things for me, and uh, and so whoever told me that, and and we, you guys know him, but I won't mention him, uh, was wrong. And um, and uh, and so, and then his career has been what it, what it's been. The allegations are, um, he's under FBI investigation for allegedly trying to help Gutter navigate a diplomatic crisis in 2017 and then covering up that he did so according to an FBI affidavit. Um, so I'd be curious. I mean, everybody read this. Um, uh, Jeffrey, uh, your thoughts on, on this? Well, this is pretty serious. I mean, uh, I have to tell you, I, I, I'm in, uh, I'm in untraveled waters personally with this because I just don't know what to believe. You know I mean? serious i know it hit the newspaper you know there's already someone who's gone to jail related with these uh charges you know but uh, i'm just not sure if this is a real thing or if he's being uh, he's being tarred with a brush that he doesn't deserve because of some kind of you know uh jockeying for influence or power up there in, uh, in dc you know specifically the brookings institution i just don't know i know about him and everything you said jives perfectly along with everything I experienced with the guy. And not only there, I ran into him through the years a couple times, you know, not working for him. I mean, right after uh, I, I got out of the amphibious warfare school, I, I evaluated uh, Will's company for the, uh, the CERDEX for the, their MU certification. And, uh, and he was a battalion commander. So Will actually probably knows him from that aspect better, you know. Than, than us, but because uh, that's high pressure. That's not just teaching tennis. And uh, so, you know, I would say this: I, I would have a. I would. It's easier for me to believe that there's some kind of conspiracy against the guy that's unfounded than he's guilty of malfeasance. He never struck me as a acquisitive type guy who would like go after money, or you know, uh, who would get in trouble, you know, uh, with, with females and then try and lie to try and hide it up. Uh, you know, he was always real smart that way, even as a major. I mean, to the point where he was pulled out of command staff when he was going through after his tour at IOC to do, you know, the whole women in combat thing for the then comment on Monday and stuff like that. So uh, I just uh, I'm skeptical of, of, of it, Mac. I have to just say that. And, and let me just uh, just very quickly. Um, so the way this comes to light is an affidavit that was inadvertently made public last week that provided details about an inquiry into Gutter's 
effort to influence Washington during the Trump administration at the start of Gutter's year-long feud with its neighbor. The docket was sealed again on Wednesday of this week, but the affidavit is publicly available through a separate nonprofit legal research website. The investigation has already ensnared Richard Olson Jr., the U.S. ambassador to Pakistan during the Obama administration who pled guilty last week to providing advice to the government of Qatar in violation of his one-year cooling-off period after leaving office in November of 2016. A political donor, Imad Zuberi, was also sentenced last year to 12 years in prison for crimes related to his foreign business, was also involved in the efforts to court documents show. In his plea documents, Mr. Olson admitted that he recruited General Allen, a retired four-star general, to work on a lobbying and public relations campaign for Gutter and acknowledged that the two had provided advice to Qatari officials. He later admitted that General Allen had, had relayed messages on behalf of Gutter to the, net, to the National Security Advisor, H.R. McMaster, as part of that campaign. And then the last... In the last paragraph, it says this. After learning of the investigation, all three men coordinated to try to cover up their actions, the affidavit alleges, in response to a subpoena. For example, Major General Allen failed to provide the FBI with emails about the gutter effort, it said. Mr. Olson also admitted to suggesting they coordinate a false narrative under which they tell investigators that General Allen was recruited for the purpose of setting up a military advisement board for Gutter, the affidavit said. General Allen repeated the same false version of events in an August 2020 interview with the FBI, I, evidently, it said. Um, yeah, this stuff so is, to me is, is so out of character for the guy that I know yeah. who's, who's so queak, squeaky clean. So I, I'm with Jeff. I don't, I don't know what the truth is. But I would be I would be stunned. I mean, if these things, if he was not able to defend himself adequately, if ha this happens, because the guy I know, the guy I served with, is not just. I mean, he is a he believes as a Boy Scout believes. That's a guy I know. Right. And, and question, and, Mac. Question. Yeah. Um, is he being? Is what like that guy Olson's main sin? It seems is doing this stuff during the cooling off period between when you stop doing government service and you're doing air quotes, you know, private, you know, right, enterprises. Right, right. So is that what General Allen's being charged? He's being accused of not registering as a foreign agent. Exactly. And then, and then right. I don't know if he would be charged yeah. with making false statements to the FBI. That would be a second charge. And so, so that's like General Flynn got this foreign agent thing because with the Turks. Right. right. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, so hold so, on. A minute. Let me let Will go ahead. You hop will, in, and then Tim hop ahead. in, and then we'll go around again. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I think I knew him pretty well uh, a long time ago. Uh, after our time at the basic school, then I went to two six. He was my battalion commander for a couple of years, and um, yeah, you know, I'll echo what other people have said here. Always treated me. Uh, very well. In two years as a company commander, he was a battalion commander. He and I had crosswords one time. And uh, which is a miracle if you have Will as a subordinate. It is a, it is a miracle. Right. It's an absolute miracle. I would have had his ass. Had I would have had today. Will's ass at parade rest every other day just for fucking drill. And and uh, 
and we had cross words because some of that work for him was absolutely dead wrong. Uh, and I proved it to him, but we still had cross words. Um, and then I also would see him over the years, uh, as you're passing back and forth here and there. Um, so, you know, this, this thing, when you, when you look in the story, they have quotes from emails. So I believe those emails to be true. Now you don't have full context. Right. Um, but I think that the emails are true. And, and so a couple of things really bother me. Um, when I was in the joint staff, I worked for the assistant to the chairman whose primary duty was to be the military assistant to the secretary of state. And we ended up working a mission in Israel where my boss was appointed by the president. So it was a political mission. Very soon thereafter, there was another very political mission uh, that went to Israel. And General Jones, former commandant, was appointed to be in that place. That's how business should be done. If you're going to use former or retired senior military officers, and they get used all the time. Yeah, weird things that go on. It's open. There's um, a specific task. I think there's a contract uh, associated with it because they do got to get paid. Uh -huh. The first thing that troubled me in this is, is the, and I think there are quotes in here as well about communicating from retired military people in no official capacity with a national security advisor, H.R. McMaster. So the old boys network communicating and potentially doing a mission or worst case is communicating from a foreign entity, uh, what they would prefer U.S. policy to be. And so if that's what happens, I don't care if it's a crime or not. To me, it's a significant moral, ethical crossing of a boundary. Um, and the fact that McMaster would even listen to that shows you something that, it, it, to me, it's disgusting. Um, and particularly people were getting paid to do it. Uh, and again, I don't, I don't know if this is a first report. We would always discount the first report. Well, we do know it's not a complete report because there's no way there can be. If there's an FBI investigation, there's 10,000 pages of documents. Yeah. But the surface and the fact that they quote things out of emails is a lot more significant evidence um, than a lot of this kind of crap you see. So, and the only, um, the only, the thing I would add to that is that one of the people on the byline, a guy named Michael Gordon, pretty re reputable in terms of uh, people who report on military affairs. If you ask me for a name of a guy that I thought does does really good, qu high quality reporting, the name I would give you is Michael Gordon. I've read his shit yeah, since we were in Iraq 
That's how I, I, I read something when we were in Iraq, and it was right, and I was stunned. I said, who the fuck is this? And it was Michael yeah, Gordon. He's not a, not a political muckraker right. by any stretch. Um, you know, so, when yeah. the whole thing with gutter pops up, the gutters are our main conduit with the Taliban. They're in all these, uh, you know, they, they actually house the Taliban, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, negotiators. So, I don't know. The whole thing is, it makes my ass itch, you know? Right. Tim? Well, <clears throat> I probably worked with General Allen, the least of the four of us. And I have to stress something that you said, Mac, which is when 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 he but, took over there. But you were disciplined by him after you smoked those trees at range seven. Uh, he, he actually <laughs> told me in a secret communication he really admired my gumption for doing that for him so he could do the indirect fire. But that's so there is a level of intimacy when you've been intimate, when you've uh, been disciplined, somebody. I share that with General Berger. You share that with General Allen. So congratulations. On and that. the last time I saw General Allen, he was the deputy commander of CENTCOM. And I was called in over this Pentagon's private sp private spy ring stuff. And he could have smoked my ass right then and there. His staff told him to. And he didn't. He's a he's a he's somebody I've admired all my life. I don't believe a word of this fucking stuff, and I'll tell you why. So I'm looking through several of the news reports, and one of the things we start seeing some some. First off, I don't believe it because we're talking about Farah, and if Farah is such a big deal, then why aren't we investigating Hunter Biden for Christ's sakes? I don't even want to talk about that part of it. But the thing is, is what we're talking about in these other things is, and these emails that talk about a twenty thousand dollar speaker's fee for the weekend trip when he technically wasn't speaking, it seems to me $20,000 covers first-class airfare and five-star hotel in Qatar for a weekend. And he didn't receive that money because the Qataris paid for his airfare and hotel. So we're not talking about much. And you're telling me that John Allen, who's the president of the Brookings Institute and has an active duty aide in the Marine Corps as retired four-star, that, that he's gonna be sloppy with his paperwork over a, four, over a fairer thing? And what the hell multi-billion dollar business deal could he be talking about from, from his board of directors work? Because from what I can find out, he's the, he's on the board of directors for Home for Our Troops, the National Association of Counties, and Spark Cognition, which is an AI uh, security firm. Right. So maybe Spark Cognition wants to do some AI work over there. I, I, I don't. I find it hard to believe that Allen was engaged in some kind of strange conspiracy when all he did was call up H.R. McMaster, who he knows and is a friend of his, and says, hey, man, on this thing between the Saudis and the Qataris, why don't you just, you know, like, like give, give the Qataris a little bit of, a, of, of space here? On, I, I, don't, I don't believe a word of this. And so I don't know what the agenda is because the FBI does this to people who are not. Of, of John Allen's affiliation and pedigree as far as uh, uh, politics goes. And this is political. I make no bones about it. P prosecuting Tim, a former ambassador politics? over the one what, year, year cool-off period? The thing is, there's, the money is not is irrelevant. What are the politics? No, that's what we don't, I don't know yet. Know. This is the biggest mystery. This is what they reserve for, for Trump associates. And they're hidden down with this with this brush. It's the exact same thing they did to make to, to uh, to uh, Flynn, it's the exact... No, not, not even pack. close. How so? That was a, a case of entrapment. Right. This is a case yeah. of external foreign lobbying. And then, again, as the but, article well, lays out, external but, foreign lobbying and then 
not being open and truthful with the FBI. That's that's what they got like Flynn on is lying to the FBI, yeah. and they're going to get. They him also the set him up, set yeah. him up so that that's, he that's, would lie to the FBI potentially. Right. So, exactly. This one is a, if if and again, first report. Yeah. With quoted email. From an affidavit, okay. though, of a, of a already adjudicated right case with Olson, which yeah, makes it true. a okay. little bit more substantial than a first report, right? And it yeah. and it very much appears. And again, I've said this; we don't have complete context. Mm-hmm. But um, if you are a retired four star who is lobbying on behalf of a foreign entity and not being above board, then you have a motive when the FBI comes calling to not produce all the documentary evidence. I would just say that. Well, it bothers me. Define line. I would say the idea that a retired four-star general would lobby for a foreign entity is absolutely disgusting. I, I agree. don't know. That's a little high. They all do I agree, it. but I got you it. think Alan did that? fucking disgusting. Well, I, I don't care this. who the foreign entity is. Yeah, well, so, I don't want to make sweeping condemn- condemnatory statements about Chair Allen. I don't know enough about this. I don't either. But I, I know, said, I if you're you a four-star general retired and you lobby for a foreign right. entity, that is disgusting. That's good. And th- the way you say disgusting is the best virtue signaling I've heard in a long time, Will. No, so, Jeff, Kudos to you, man. Kudos to no, you. No, it ain't virtue signaling. Come on. Well... You're I mean, going to lobby. You're going to lobby on behalf of a foreign government. No, I don't buy it. Yes. I don't buy it thing. for a second. And here's where I agree but, with. But define define lobbying. Attempting to influence U.S. policy in regard to a foreign government. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Well, as a you know, retired four star. Fuck you. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It is similar to what happened with General Flynn. There's some of the language that the FBI said he he was uh, not entirely truthful with us. Really, the big crime they got General Flynn on is, even though he didn't, was lying to the FBI. In my opinion, the FBI is not a uh, is a politicized entity. Well, I do believe that some of the allegations were centered around the Logan Act, and we all know yeah. how enforceable the Logan Act has been over time. Right. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, pretty exactly. serious. Pretty serious law, in this, right there. In this one year cooling off right. period, that's bullshit. Right. No, I, 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 I agree with all of that stuff, mm-hmm. okay? And and uh, the politicization of things and all that. But, I mean, you know, if if the point of serving for 35 years, collecting a $200,000 pension so that you can lobby for a foreign entity, well, fuck you. Yeah. All right? I just, I can't. That's what happened. You're assuming he was doing this shit that's what's happened. Now, listen, here's the deal to me. If H.R. McMaster, as a national security advisor, says, gee, we have a policy issue, and he reaches out to people that have expertise in the field, retired ambassadors, retired four-star generals who served there as a deputy to CENTCOM, says, hey, I've got a pickle here that I'm attempting to figure out. Could you give Mm -hmm. me some advice based on your wide experience? I got no problem with that. So it's no problem with it at all. He right. He is soliciting expert advice 
That's called diversity of opinion, which I am all for. If you take the initiative to influence policy based on other things, I, uh, that's abhorrent. If you're going to do that, you got to run for office and do it in a transparent public manner. But let me ask you guys something, all, all of us. Okay. And this is, it seems like it's not the same subject, but it is general Allen during the democratic uh, national convention in 2016 he stuns all of us by coming out you know hard for uh, for Hillary Clinton you know nomination for uh, for you know running for president and we were all like what the heck is going on here you know and uh, so again that also was uh, seemed you know out of character based on the comments he made when they got elected in 1992 we were all in, I mean I was in Iowa and I remember him he was appalled you know now course the worm turns and time goes by and he has different experiences but uh and then so he's in the fold he's one of the he's one of the cool kids with the clintons and all those other people who engineered this false stuff about against general flynn and all this now all of a sudden it seems like he's on the outs and it's murky and the fbi is up to their elbows in it you know and really the big crime comes out to be he wasn't truthful with us i mean it may be you know there's no I mean, there's no indictment of him yet, I don't think, right? Yet there was on that Olsen guy, right? So uh, so I just wonder. It just doesn't smell right. And based on my experience with the guy personally, it really doesn't jive, you know? We've all seen friends of ours. You remember Gunnar Rubin, right? The greatest, you know, gunner we, I, that we probably had in the Marine Corps, you know, besides the guys like, uh, you know, uh, Rich Charette and a few of the others. He murders his girlfriend's husband. It was a shocker, but he did it. And it's possible that General Allen did this, but it just doesn't fit with what I know of the guy. I guess that's what I'm saying, you know, uh, you know, in a, in a nutshell. I'm just saying that. You know? Okay, I'll make the Democratic. <laughs> I'll make his appearance at the at the at the Democratic convention fit for you. Okay, and that is, in his heart of hearts, he sees Donald Trump as a threat to the nation. And I know that's going to, and Timmy might not be able to continue after I say this, but, and Jeff, you're going to struggle with it too. But if you know John Allen, right, why would he, why, again, everybody, why would he do it? And, and even his fiery tone, I've never, I never saw that, right? That like guy, him trying to be an evangelist guy that I saw that night. Um, The only way it makes sense is if, um, in his mind's eye, he believes that Donald Trump is a threat to the nation and that men like him have got to get involved in a public way to warn the nation. Then that logical syllogism makes make, makes sense. Otherwise, it does well, not. The whole, and you're right, Matt. The whole crew up there is like that, though. The whole crew, yeah. everybody in the so, FBI now. And everybody, it's huge. So why, did he, why do they go after him then? No. Well, no, well, I, I get I mean, who why they go after Alan. Alan's just collateral yeah. damage from this affidavit, and during the course of the investigation of Olson, the emails relative to Alan come into he's light. He's the president of fucking Brookings, bro. That's not just like light collateral damage. That's serious shit. I, I know, yeah. but it's a Democratic administration. He's a Democratic guy. I know, I'm with Jeff, though. Why are they targeting him now? This is not what the hell they're after. I mean, Hillary's what they're going to do is break him. Like Hillary's they, lawyer, they, they're going to they're going to Practically admits that he's that he's uh, you know nefariously said he was just turning in this information about 
you know, that uh, Trump's people being involved with the Russians and all this shit. It's proven that the guy's he was lying. The FBI guy says he was lying. And the jury lets him walk because they're all Hillary people. Well, then, and they say then General Allen's got no, no problem because the American justice yeah, system yeah, will take fact. care of him. Well, we'll see. But he's going to be he's yeah. going to be broken, busted, just like Flynn is trying to defend himself from this shit. And it's and it's a crime. I think every citizen should be alarmed. I don't believe in my heart of hearts that he was doing anything nefarious against the interests of the United States. Personally, Tim, Tim, if you well, let me just use... give you a caveat. Let me give you a caveat. When you're talking about those those things where they hire four stars to go out and do something for the government, they sign a contract. If that four star observes something that's a contrast with the with the policy of the administration. Do you think if they come back and tell McMaster or something like that, hey, man, here's what I think I'm seeing going on. It's a little bit at odds of what you're seeing. Is that lobbying? No, that's not lobbying. That's what, that's right. what your job is. Yeah, General Zinni doing those though. missions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I guess, I guess, I guess General, if he... General okay. Jones was, was hired to go and work on Israeli-Palestinian issues. They gave him office space in the consulate. In Jerusalem, no, I, see, I see the I see the difference. There's yeah, a right. huge difference. You're right. You're right. You're right. I just I just find this whole thing to be there's something else going on. And why, Alan? I, I know it's accidental that this affidavit got released to begin with, but why? Yeah, he's not I the object all... of it. He's not the object of it. And so is the answer that 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 FBI sees this activity. First thing they do is, hey, did, did is he registered as a foreign agent? Then they go. Then they go speak to him, and they concoct this story, and they say, "Look, this is all chargeable." Um, I I don't know, I I don't know, but to me, this is so out of character um, of the, with yeah, the John but, Allen. You know, I would also say that so many think, more prominent think, people clearly guilty of the same thing, and are not even lifting a finger. Thank God, not even lifting I, a finger. I mean, this is back. just atrocious. But again, this isn't pointed at him about, too. Yeah, talk about the character thing, the idea of appearing in political commercials in uniform or allowing your image to be used in uniform, which happened in Florida when I was there, standing on the, the platform at a convention and using your title. It's, and Mac, you diagnosed it perfectly, but that is arrogance and hubris. And again, if if you're a retired four star, um, who spoke politically as a retired four star? General Barrow did because he was solicited by Congress to come and testify in an open, transparent, public manner. A mistake they never made again. Right. Yeah. But as Jeff said, and Jeff is absolutely right, but that is appropriate. I am so fucking sick of these guys. Listen, it's our uniform, too. And they use it as shit paper when they yeah. take it down into a partisan political way like that. And yeah. and that thing, when he was on the stage there, and again, I served with a guy for several years. Um, you know, on January 2nd, 1996, we were together in Sarajevo watching all the shit go on there, thinking that we were coming ashore. And I tell you what, I trusted him implicitly. I yeah. went back to him as a mentor many times over the years. It made me absolutely sick to my stomach. And then the commercials when I was in Florida, 
that followed up there. That's a bitch about being in a battleground state. You get bombarded by that stuff. Thank God I'm in Kansas. We don't do that out here. Um, but it's to me, it's unconscionable. Um, and but it's it's in many cases, it's arrogant. It's hubris. I'm smarter than everyone. I'm not saying in this case, but right. all too often, I'm smarter than everyone. I know the path. And truly, if you're smarter than everyone, you know that everyone is smarter than you. And the people that founded the country, they set it up that way. Right. So that there wouldn't be a couple of insiders who are fucking smarter than everyone. And they feared military people have an outsized political influence. And the first guy that did it, George Washington, should be an absolute hero. There should be a picture on every retired general's wall of that guy thinking, what would Washington do? Yeah. And they don't. Yeah. And well, they're in their own. They're in, I'll tell you, those guys up there, I was up, I had dinner on, in 2016 in November before the election with, uh, with Mel and uh, and um, Dave Furness and uh, a couple of junior guys who worked for uh, Dave, I think. And uh, they all live up there. And they were, like, positive that Hillary's going to win. And I live down in North Carolina. I was at Lejeune, right? I'm like, I'm not seeing what you guys are seeing. They're like, I hope we can get the, you know, Victoria somebody to be the fucking Secretary of Defense. She's pretty good. They're all... And usually, I defer to the guy, a guy like Mel or a guy like Dave about stuff like that. They were wrong. Those people up there who believe the same thing, all they do is talk to each other. After a while, they forget that anybody with a different opinion even exists. And if they do, they're just outliers and weirdos. In my case, they're right. But in a lot of cases, they're wrong, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, so um, that's the Kool-Aid that gets drunk. And I'm just saying, and I resent the fact that General Allen talked up for Hillary and stuff like that. I feel like he kind of forgot about us, you know, forgot about the Marines and stuff when he did that. But uh, on the other hand, you know, we agree to disagree. They, he's a Democrat now. I'm not, you know. So, but, the, but the rest of my experience with the guy, all the way up till Afghanistan in 2012 and, uh, you know, and 13, he come down here for Christmas, helped pass out a child to us, along with General Amos and his wife, and so, you know, it was, uh, and he was exactly the way you guys talked about it. He, kind, and he's telling me, you know, what I should do now that I picked up Colonel and all this shit, you know, always that way, always uh, concerned about your welfare and stuff like that. And so that's why it's hard for me to, um, to uh, you know, to believe that all of a sudden this guy just turns into Don Corleone, you know what I mean? You know, the one thing about about John Allen was when 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 he was our RC group chief, was there any question in your mind he was heading towards the stars? I mean, wouldn't everybody acknowledge this was a potential senior general? He'd won and the left witch so award. You're so disrespectful behind his back. We called him Rutherford. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 no. I've been a fan was, of his. I've never been disrespectful towards him. I love the guy. It's breaking my heart because I have, but only behind, but only behind, guys, his, only behind his back. Yes, he hit a home yeah, run over my house. He hit a home run over my house in my backyard. Timmy was there. He had the weirdest baseball hitting stance one of I've ever seen. His elbows were above his ears, 
And so we were playing, and Scott Sobka's pitching. Scott's from New Jersey. And, yeah. and Rutherford was on our team, right? <laughs> and we were losing. Yeah. And he fucking crushes this one. I think, I don't think Scott Sobka ever has gotten over it uh, because his stance was so weird. So I, I have made fun of him, but I made fun so, of him. I okay. make fun of most people that I meet. Do you remember? All right, you're, you're gonna, talking you're about. Gonna, yeah, I remember the softball game, the <laughs> wiffle ball game that you cheated and moved all the fucking foul lines. But, but when he was coming up, shut the fuck, shut the fuck up, Timmy. Do you remember to avenge the hubris and arrogance part? Well, that's all. I'm. That's my only point. Do you remember? As he was gonna... coming up. He managed that very, very well, which is difficult to do. And I and I gotta and I'm bending more towards seeing things the way Will is, which is which is. You know, it's the last, last of my, last of my uh, how heroes. Could you even admit is, that? Is, is, <laughs> how could you even admit that? Will's Jeff, I mean, you know, because it's true. Now watch, you've just, galvan- you just galvanized Kenny. Kenny just like dug yeah. his heels in. This is a will. I've yeah, lived, I know, but I, I've I lived gotta, through this I gotta, tyranny I gotta admit before. The facts and the facts, if that was true, I wouldn't admit it like I did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I have to tell you, do you remember we were going to throw resuscitation Annie out of the 46th? And we were doing yeah. fast roping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Said, no, don't do that. General Allen might pull a pistol out of his ankle and shoot himself. I yeah. remember that. <laughs> we're gonna dress resuscitation Andy up like a fucking lieutenant and throw it out the fucking. <laughs> yeah, during the <laughs> fast roping because he was always the because uh, because he was a jump guy. So he was a jump master. So he was always our. our well, you know, our he would be, We'd be out there on the on the front really? on the front lawn yeah. and because I. I oh I, I that was my that was my thing. I inherited that stuff from Jody Osterman, as a matter of fact. But he would be you mean he would be doing Wanda? terminal guidance, right? Yeah, yeah. For yeah, the helo, yeah, with, his, right? with his with his hand, right? He'd be like with his, with his and we'd be yeah, we'd be class. watching him and asking the pilots like, "Are you watching him?" And they're like, "No, of course not." When you <laughs> he but he seems hey, he seems like he's having a good time. Don't tell him that. But no, we don't watch the um. Uh, there's tangentially, um, you know, Will, this gets into the way the Marine Corps gets portrayed. And, and last week we had a conversation about social media and the Marine Corps and something got that got put out uh, on Pride Day. And the story that I'm hearing from, I don't know, about a half dozen people is that um, somebody who is gay or lesbian, um, an officer gins this up, uh, uh, takes it to the ACMAC and, and somehow or other doesn't get no. And a, and, and, and that's how this thing goes out to the world. That that's the, and, 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 and the person who ginned it up is b- below the rank of Colonel. And so what you see is, and again, we've seen this in a, a, in a Twitter argument between second uh, Marine Information Group, or TUMF Information Group, Twitter account, and Tucker Carlson. Uh, we've seen, I, I, I talked about the stupid shit that went on on Facebook relative to the 15th Mew and Sink or Swim after they had a horrible accident that killed eight Marines and a sailor. So, I mean... I want to talk about what is the purpose of social media for the military? It seems like it is completely run amok. And in this case, um, 
trying to portray the Marine Corps in this extremely woke light. And it just seems, it's this, it, the way it appears seems ridiculous to me. And, and so I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about social media and the military. And again, the Marine Corps does, you know, uh, Will puts out an Almar during Black History Month. Is that what you told me? Oh, yeah. There's an Almar on everything. Absolutely. Okay. So, so Almar on Pride Month. How does how how does the Marine Corps portray itself, and 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 what should be the role of social media? Um, I guess there's a senior, an SCS. What's an SCS? Uh, senior executive, executive service. So there's the GS government service goes uh, up to fifteen, right. and then there's senior executive service. They're like the general officers of the civilians. They go from one to six. The senior SES in the Marine Corps, I'm almost positive, is is the Commandant's Council, Council of the Commandant. This is the senior SES. So they're, in theory, in charge of all the SESs in the Marine Corps. So evidently, Marine Corps hired an SES to manage all of its social media. And, but that person is not in place yet. So my question is to you all is, is after we see that, then you hear the backstory of this thing and you're just like shaking your head it's like like you know i told peter ostrowski whose son was killed in that amtrak i said i wish i could have taken a picture of the faces that tim because i couldn't see jeff's face but the faces of will and tim when i said that 15th mu pao on their twitter account puts out pictures and says you know marines doing you know uh egress egress training sink or swim from the organization in which, you know, nine, eight Marines and a sailor died less than 24 months ago. I said, I wish you could have, you could have seen the picture of the looks on their faces. Um, and I'm sure Jeffries was just as disgusted as the looks that they, and, and I don't know if disgusted was the right word, but painful looks that this is, yeah. this is our organization, one we've committed our lives to. And this is the stupid bullshit that's going on with its image, Right. And, and and being blasted, and in this case, by the official accounts of the organization. So yeah, what I, is, the, ro- say what is the role of social media in all of this shit? I, got, I actually got on the headquarters or the uh, Marine Stop Mill page today. Here's a great role for social media. Osprey that crashed uh, Monday. Yeah. yeah. So they go out on Twitter. And they say words of the effect of, we are aware of the helicopter crash. The, the, these are the, um, you know, the, the circumstances and who the rescue is. So I assume notification has been made, but they're making, a, again, a public, transparent, newsworthy, just the facts, ma'am, to put it out to people because, like it or not, Anyone who's a parent of a Marine that's ever been near an Osprey and they hear an Osprey crash immediately tries to find out what happens. I think that is an appropriate thing for social media. Other than that, I don't see it. If there's news, then that news, like news stories, like the thing about the fucking rescue breather training or whatever, that stuff should not be a flash to bang. That should go through the typical process 
So hopefully an adult looks at it, although it appears there's no adults either. But that's that's a single uh, thing that I could see that go that is Twitter, Facebook, instant social media usefulness to the Marine Corps. Okay. Well, it's like they used to tell us before we had social media. When reporters would come around, if you're doing something that was reporter worthy, they would say, stay in your lane, stay in your pay grade. You know, talk to them if, you know, if it's authorized, if it's safe and stuff, but stay in your pay grade. I think, and pretty much the same thing should go for social media. If you remember the Marines United thing, that basically was a bunch of Marines that, and a lot of them were no longer uh, active duty guys making uh, or, you know, or, or, comments or, about females. Or, reser- so, or reservists, which makes them civilian. Well, if they were, if they're talking about the Marine Corps and they're, you know, and they're active reservists, then they know, were, they, most, uh, of, most of them were not, though, Jeff. Right. The, yeah. the, the well, vast majority of those guys are, were, are called veterans, which means they are civilians. Right. OK. But I mean, if you're in the reserves and you go to meetings, you know, right. twice a month or whatever, then that's different than a guy who's just done four years in the Marine Corps. And he's in this that cheesy reserve that you don't do anything for another two years, you know? So it's like, uh, you're out really. And you should be able to say whatever the fuck you want. And, uh, so that's how I think they should come down this thing. So people aren't. And, and the other thing is if you have something that's political, you stay away from it. If what we heard is true, cause I heard the same thing you did, Mac, about the whole, you know, the full metal jacket helmet that was, you know, customized to look like a, you know, Marine Corps, uh, advertisement that we love the Pride Week, you know, we honor Pride Month and stuff, which is not the way that a lot of people feel about it. But uh, that that's got out of the bag that way. And it's appalling to, you know, even if you're for that stuff, the, the Marine Corps should not make political statements. And it's different than Black History Month. Black History Month is a different thing. But this is, uh, you know, a whole other kettle of fish. And uh, you should not be forced to either, you know, uh, to to uh, to acquiesce to something you may not agree with, and that and that's what this thing is in the case of. Whether you're in the Marine Corps, whether you're a baseball player, whatever, you know, you should not have this held over your head. And when this thing came out, the impression I got was anybody who who complains about this on active duty, in a way that it would come out, he would be punished. That's where we're at now. You would be you you'd be the one, you know, who. Uh, who was in a little bit of trouble, not the people who put this ill-advised, you know, uh, screed out in, in favor of LGBT rights, whatever that is. Well, so, again, we're talking about two yeah. different issues. So one is the use of social media. The second one is a political position relative to how you feel about, about don't ask, don't tell. Right? Well, no, because it would come out on social media, though, if you didn't like, that's what everybody does now. They go on Twitter, they go on Instagram, they go on these things and they say this stuff. It gets them into trouble. Or it gets them, you know, a little bit of uh, notoriety. But, uh, you, you know, if you did that as a Marine, if you said, if you put, if you put an opposing view other than that stupid stuff that came out right. with the helmet and the pink and the pink and green, uh, you know, uh, 762 rounds, then uh, you, you'd be uh, you'd be the one, I think, in trouble. Right. Yeah, I, I would also say oh. the third issue is the imagery itself. Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. a movie the Marine Corps did not support. Right. And then using a Marine Corps uniform item in a way that if you happen to be in Eric Smith's rifle company, would have got you snatched up, right? 
You get to yeah. write shit on your uniform. It's, I mean, it's, it's so beyond stupid. And this is, you think about it, to generate the image that went into that and then to bring it forward, this wasn't a snap idea from someone. Right. It's very calculated. And uh, if the story you hear is true, Mac, it's, yeah, it's worse than I thought last week. Yeah. All right. And you can see, right? Um, and I, I mean, and I like Eric Smith, but I mean, you could see this comes to you. Um, and this kind of illustrates Jeff's point. What is the blowback on me as, a, as, a, as the assistant commandant if I look at this PAO and say, yeah, n that's not going to ever be published? Is that then going to get turned into something that's going to get used against me? Oh. Right. Why would the fucking Act Mac worry about that? He's oh, he the goddamn Act Mac. What? No, he's because about it's it. all political. When they tell you it's not political, guess what it is? It's only political. And so so you're in a moral dilemma. Right? That's not a moral dilemma. For you. That's a that's a personal dilemma, not a moral dilemma. Okay, you're in a personal <laughs> dilemma. What do you do? Is yeah, it so, me or the institution? That's your dilemma. Me or the institution? Oh, man. So negative. I know. Well, that I is, know, pretty, that that is pretty negative without all the facts. Listen, but I agree. I, 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 I agree as well. I, I, I agree sat well in that, that office for three years. Um, so what does that make you? It makes me A survivor. Stupid. Seven years in the Pentagon, <laughs> stupid. But I would say... Stole the I words saw, right out of Jeffrey's mouth. Yeah, I saw um, two highly pol political issues go into that office and the commandant's office. And in both cases, the four-star generals um, did not choose the easy path. So, so let me ask you. So, so, so look. So let's just look at all these different months, you know. Um, and I won't even. I don't. I won't even name them because I don't even know them all, right? So let's just say. Mm -hmm. that, let's just say there's twelve months. So when I put out my uh, my operations plan, I it's not hard for me to say. Okay, this is going to be, you know, the all mar for all twelve of these things, right? It gets run through. You know the the. It gets run through the, you know, the the chopping block. Everybody signs off on it. Okay, go look. We're yeah. going to execute. This is the publication date of all this stuff. That stuff's done. Check that block. How does this ad hoc thing happen? Even I don't even like. And that's my point with going back to the use of social media. As Will said, you know, I had a son who was in an Osprey uh, with the thirty first mu when an Osprey from the thirty first mu went went in the water. And Will said. I'm calling my friends that are general officers saying, could you tell me if my kid's in the back of that thing? Because I'm not at home, so anybody who might go to my house is not going to find me, right? Mm -hmm. I'm in Indianapolis for my little sister's wedding. And within 45 minutes, Paul Kennedy called me back and said, buddy, he wasn't in there. And Dude. so the use of social media timely in, 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 in the cases of emergencies is absolutely appropriate. What you had happen in this case was for their own personal agenda, right? Somebody, right? Somebody publishes their own spin using the Marine Corps. 
in a great right. triumph for them personally. How does that even happen? Shouldn't all the, this is the scripted easy part of all these things done, and there is no discretionary no, I, Twitter event. No, no, but I think, it's I the think nature Will's of the right. medium. I think, I think the the guy, the decision maker there, and according to the story, appears to be Akmak. His decision was, I'm going to go with this. Looking at that lieutenant colonel or whatever he or she was, the rank that you described there, Mac. Looking at her, knowing the t- climate of the times. Made decision to to err on the side of the month, the specific month. Now the truth is, there's a lot of people. Like you look at Black History Month and you look at uh, Pride Month. There's a lot of respected people who are black in the case of Black History Month, or gay in the case of you know Pride Month, who don't agree with either of those things. I'll give you two names: um, Richard Grinnell, former ambassador to uh, Germany. For the Trump administration, and uh, oh, uh, black actor, very good, uh, plays God a lot. Um, Morgan Freeman. Both of them said, "Why was you know they thought it was inappropriate to have a month after their particular particular minority that they were in?" Because there's more to me than you know the color of my skin or the you know the or my proclivity. So. There's a lot of guys like that, a lot of people like that. And the Marine Corps could have said, you know, the decision maker could have said, no, we're not doing that because we're not going to come out, you know, politically for any group. For any group. We're not going to admit. Yeah, but then the blowback is you're a racist white organization oh, yeah. and blah, 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 blah. You could have also Don't just said anyway. a typical Almar. That's ex- it. Will is exactly right. Does message the medium is the message here? There's no reason we should. Social media is a toxic environment. It's not right. what it started out to be. Nobody would tell you it's a healthy thing to do to be on social media. Why is the Marine Corps there? It doesn't have to be there. This well, is another unforced error. This is the same people who are going to tell you we need to look more like our population, more like our citizens of our country. The fuck we do. We don't look like the other part of the country. We're the Marine Corps. I mean, God damn it. We got a little bit of a different mission. We used to. The close with and destroy thing. I liked it better in the 80s when the country was just starting to like the military again. And they looked upon the Marine Corps as a bunch of fucking weird ass monk like individuals who had their own little gazette and did all kinds of weird shit in the field. With weapons, and they were, and they held us in some kind of. Uh, there was at least some, some, some degree of respect and mystique for that goddamn, uh, of what we were doing. But now, now, we got, we got entire organizations whose function it is to get our messaging right. Fuck our messaging. What messaging do we have? We've got no message. And other than- and, and this rate, the other race is to be the most woke. And just for the record, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, know yeah, but Timmy, the way you said, goddamn. Got Will's attention. Oh yeah, just straight yeah. up stole. Well, oh, just did, there. straight up you, stole Will's of signature. Line. That was bad. You gotta be kidding. That me. was Nightingale, big time. Yeah, that was Nightingale, and Will reacted to it. You had your head down talking <laughs> and, like you and always what do. What the hell but... happened to Eric Smith that he can't look at that damn thing and say, "Get the fuck out of here"? What are you doing? That's that's what I would expect him to do when I knew him. Who the fuck is going to look know, at that? Of interest, that idea? I, again, I I think the commandant has been very, very poorly Allegedly. served by his staff. Yeah. Because PAO, before uh, 
anyone in PAO walks into the assistant commandant's office, they should be going through the director of the Marine Corps staff. That's a three-star. To get into that three-star's office, you should be going through a colonel to get into well, to the right. three-star's you know. office. Yeah. And then if any person other than the commandant, a service chief, or a service vice chief tried to get into General Dumford's office, that was my job. You don't get to go in there and do a table drop on the guy or something like this. That ain't how shit works. So what did, did everybody oh, did everybody olay this thing for the same reason? I ain't touching that. I ain't, I, I'm and, not saying that, no. And again, and again, poorly, how, poorly served. Yeah, right. poorly served. How interesting would that be? Um, and uh, I got well, I got I got an email from somebody yeah. saying you know. The Marine Corps, right, has has a whole range of things it could do in the same way that it does everything else. The Navy hasn't even done anything thing like this, right? Or the Air we Force. Have, we have not seen the most liberal of services do anything like this. And the Marine Corps vaults into the lead with this personal expression, right, that somehow or other hits the official Twitter account. And and like, what are we fucking doing? Which, which again, you look at Marine Corps social media, somebody needs to get the shit under control or you're just going to see more of this, in my opinion, stupid, right? Ill-advised and inappropriate and, and will, you know, articulate a bastardization of the full metal jacket movie, like poster, right? Oh, this will look really cool, won't it? No, it's not because it's not Marine. And that's the problem with it. And it's these 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 little shitheads on Twitter, right? That are using it for their own personal agenda, and no, there's no adult over them that says no. And somebody needs to stop that shit. The um, yeah, think of what's happened to the military. It was what two years ago, three years ago, this institution most respected by the American public ranged up into the low ninety percent. Right. And the last one I saw was I think in the high sixties. This kind of stuff. Doesn't help the cause. Um, you, you know, obviously my neighbors and friends around here know that I'm a retired Marine. And uh, we talk about stuff like, you know, how bad the Royals are this year. Hey, your lawn looks great. Uh, <laughs> KU basketball. That's what the normal conversation is. And I got to tell you, in the last two weeks, I've probably had 10 people out here who could barely tell you the difference between the Army and the Marine Corps. Say something to me about this. That's That doesn't help the public persona. It, yeah. it doesn't help all of us retired people who would like to think that one of our jobs is to help recruit future Marines. It just doesn't help. It's impossible to explain. And yep. so... More social media, lower approval rating by the American people of the military. Maybe it's a coincidence, but all of us learned a long time ago there's no such thing as coincidence. Right? Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is like, uh, look at us right now. We're like, how are we going to keep the Marines from getting on social media? Really, the fucking problem ain't the Marines. The problem is the headquarters of the Marine Corps, PAO up there, or whatever the fuck they call them now. You yeah. know, Stratcom. The Marines Strat. 
Stratcom. What is Stratcom? Oh, it's PAO. It's oh, that is no. Yeah, that's a that's a nine mil that you either direct at your foot or your groin. Yeah. All right. Let me let let me just one more one more thing before everybody's got to go. Um, I want to talk about uh, shipbuilding. Right, Congress is doing its committee work. Um, the Marine Corps and the Navy, right, aren't anywhere close to having a common vision for shipbuilding. Which, so what we've heard about Force Design 2030, and I'm so fucking sick of Force Design 2030, honestly. Um, but what we've heard about it is, you know, this vision, and and that the that the Navy supports it. Right, the C the CNO supports it. Uh, not the CNO. Yeah, the CNO supports it, and SecNav supports it. And then you look at the Navy <laughs> shipbuilding plan, and it's like not even interested in it when when it comes to allocating money. And so um, the what how subcommit house the Hask subcommittee on power and projection right got into the shipbuilding budget and. Uh, reaffirmed that the Marine Corps needs 31 amphibs. And it was Joan Berger that came off the, the number on the, the hard number was 38, right? It was Joan Berger that gave that number up. Now we're having to go back to 31, right? And um, and so you're seeing this, this vision. We're being told force design 2030 is everybody's on board, but it ain't like that. And so they save, right. th- and then they save... What the San Antonio? What? What the LPD? What was? I can't remember the name of it, but I have it here. And so I just. Uh, and, uh, what are your thought? What are your thoughts, Jeffrey, relative to that? Well, first of all, I just want to point out that Code Pink also is behind uh, Fort's Design uh, Twenty Thirty. So what very is? important. Code Pink. You know? What is that? And, uh, don't, I can't believe your ignorance. Truth is, it escapes me what it is right now, myself. No, it's the uh, number of people who were always uh, protesting at funerals because uh, why should uh, anybody get killed, you know? Right. Yeah, you know, and uh, the original question was what? Uh, the, uh, that you that you said, Mac. Um, no, the, want, the, uh, the, the, this disparity between shipbuilding vision oh. from Marine Corps to Navy, if we're all on the same sheet of music relative to Force Design 2030. None of them are focused on war fighting. I mean, the, neither the Navy, they're not in, they're not interested, or they're they're so corrupt. They're just they just say what they think people want to hear, and then go ahead and do whatever they're going to do. You know, or you know, it's uh, I don't know. Look, talking to our mutual friend General Furness on this uh, issues about shipbuilding back when he was still a colonel. One of his main drives was to get us more answers by hook or by crook and stuff and um the way he talked about it was it was difficult you know it's it, when you you know the people use the uh, analogy of turning this thing around is like turning an aircraft carrier around but turning the shipbuilding stuff around once it gets set in motion i guess is even more difficult and i and my imagination is that uh, there's all kind of resources and uh contracts that have to be made in in anticipation of having a major shipbuilding um you know effort go if you're going to build something like that it's a it's a shitload of uh prior preparation and so you just can't turn on a dime you know uh, one thing that 
I tell you, I'm appalled by the force design, the littoral regiment thing. If nothing else, just for the name. Why couldn't they just leave the numeric name for a regiment and say, okay, this is your mission now, you know, or whatever. But besides that, the amphibs that they're talking about, these little amphibs that supposedly can sneak in, uh, you know, and, and drop Marines off, kind of like uh, like the Raiders or something in World War II, except these amphibs, they go like maybe twice as fast as the good old P-7. They're slow as hell, 14 knots. You know, so you wonder, what are they smoking up there? You well, know, that's my, you know, when I, when I see this. what? How does this fit in to to uh, strategic, operational, or even tactical, especially tactical plans, you know? Got it. Will, your thoughts? Yeah, in terms of the Navy and the Marine Corps being on board uh, with shipbuilding, it's obviously and demonstrably false. Um the, the shipbuilding plan submitted by the Navy, and I'm not sure that it ever got vetted in headquarters Marine Corps, so it went from U.S. Navy to Department of Navy to Congress. And then what I saw recently is that Congress has added money back um, to extend the life of four LSDs or LPDs. I thought they were Whidbey Island class, but I they could are, be wrong. They are. They're LSDs. Okay, LSD. So four would-be island-class LSDs, as well as I think a cruiser got put in there. Yep. Um, so that the Vicksburg. Yeah. So the official Department of the Navy position was: we don't need these ships. And then, so either Congress put them back as a pork barrel thing, or Congress listened to counsel. Uh, from outside the U.S. Navy and maybe within the Department of the Navy, i.e. the U.S. Marine Corps, and figured out we needed to keep some of these ships. So how anyone in official capacity can stand up and say there's no daylight between the services when you got to have Congress come in and add money back? Um, you're yeah, either an idiot or you're a liar. You're, certainly, you know, you un you're certainly not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either you're inept, uh, you're stupid, or you're a liar. <laughs> or it could okay. be all three. It could be all three. And the thing <laughs> is, I've I've seen, you know, the Marine aid to the Chief of Naval Operations on her social media. Talk about the testament testimony. Now, there's no daylight between the services. I've seen advocates for Force Design 2030. Uniforms. Active duty on social media, talk about there's no daylight between the services. So, you're not paying attention, you're stupid, or you're a liar. Someone out there, give me another way you could uh, come no. to any conclusion. There's Tim, probably a couple other epithets you could throw in there, too. But uh, It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. To, it's okay. I'd have to look up virtue signaling to figure that out. Yeah. No, you're an expert. <laughs> Timmy? <laughs> I think, I think Berger, Berger, when he came in, first thing he did was drop the 38 ship requirement, which uh, had been just been endorsed by uh, by General Neller. I believe that 38 ship requirement was the result of serious planning on the behalf on on behalf of the Marine Corps staff from Neller and probably uh, commandants before them. That wasn't an arbitrary number. He would have been best served just to insist on the 38 ship uh, of thing, but instead. He gave up on that because he wanted to have a gesture of goodwill to the Navy. Well, we see how that worked out for him. 
And at the time, all of us, I mean, everybody we were talking to said, gesture of goodwill, are you fucking kidding me? You know, this isn't how you do it. And so even 30, I don't care even what the, hell the budget says now. It's, yeah, it's, even 38 it's a complete, is not enough answer. It's a complete yeah. mess. Yeah, yeah, we used to say it took, uh, I think we would say it took 38 to lift two MEBs. Right. But the right. Marine Corps understanding fiscal constraints, um, you know, there's some finesse language in there to take less than that. But the stated requirement was always minimum 38. Right. Um, so it used to be you know, 42. Back in the yeah. Yeah, you, you dropped yeah. from 38 from 42. Mm -hmm. yeah. 38's rough. With, when you get casualties, it fucking hurts the mew. When, when I'm, by that, what I mean is when there's ships that unexpectedly are, are pulled offline. Most recently, the BHR, the Bonham yeah. um, it fucks things up in a big yeah, way. I, I, I think the 38 was straight war plan, yes, two yes. MEB lift, assuming mm -hmm. uh, no other. Um, amphibious ship requirements. I'm I'm fuzzy on that, but I yeah, think general, that, I, I thought think it was. I 38. thought it was the delta between 38 and 42 was the ships assumed to be in some kind of prolonged maintenance status. Uh, uh, yeah. You need 38, but in order to get 38, you got to have 42. That was yeah, that's what that was, was it. It was something like thing, yeah. that, that, that's that a little right. bit more nuanced shipbuilding understanding than you fucking yeah. rubes have. I did. I was holding no, on to I that. Have, I have it. I, 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 I meant to exempt you from my broad accusation there, Jeffrey. General, I apologize. General Love, General Love, and General Fox at TMF, they were deep into the uh, um, uh, the idea of having a MEB that would actually deploy, amphib MEB. And so, you know, uh, it was like a bane of my existence to trying to make that shit fit with the MU schedule. You know? Got it. All but, right. Uh, what, what are you reading, Timothy? What are you reading? Death in Kabul. It's a it's a novel written by a guy. Oh shit! What happened? Nick. I think his last name is Higgins. He worked with me when I was in Kabul. So it's one of the guys I worked on the embassy contract. It's his first attempt at writing a, a crime novel in the in in Kabul. It's an excellent description of how Kabul was back in 2004 2005. But Nick uh, Nick is probably going to do better with his next time out. I would suspect. But it's, I'm enjoying the hell out. Of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, John, just what? being honest here. He's probably going to do better his next time out. Next time out is Death in Kandahar. He's working at Alaska Guard. This I've worked with this guy. I mean, I know him pretty well. His sister helps write, and, and she does a female character. So it's a you're tracking a, a Brit ex-policeman and a female Afghan journalist. And it's a, it's an interesting story, although kind of improbable. I could never identify either of those characters. There you go. Yeah. Jeffrey, what are you reading? <laughs> Okay, I have once again begun reading, again, in a, in a systematic way. So I read all of Mike Etor's um, books. I'm on the la I finished the last one called uh, Victory Disease. And what Mike does is he compares military operations in history to uh, events regarding big companies and stuff. And in this one, he does the, uh, the Japanese defeat at Midway, the... Uh, the, uh, the fight in Mogadishu in 1993, and he references other action, other historical actions that happened in conjunction with uh, things that happened in, in regards to Microsoft, and uh, I think it's Microsoft, and Sears Roebuck, and, uh, and 
so it's it's interesting, you know, from that way. Toys R Us, you know, all these bad decisions that these people make based on uh, being complacent about prior success, and that's what he means when he says victory disease. So I'm reading that. I actually not finished that. The other thing I'm reading, and this would be interesting, I found in my boxes that are still piled up and unpacked, I found this book called The Professional by W.C. Hines. I don't know where I got it or where, as you guys would say, I stole it from, but there's no like uh, names written in it. You know? So it's uh, the guy who wrote it is W.C. Hines. And this guy, W.C. Hines, is the guy who wrote the story that became MASH. And a couple other things. And he wrote this book in 1958. And there's two, he received two immediate reviews from uh, one from Ernest Hemingway, none other than Ernest Hemingway, who said, This is a very good book about the fight game. And a couple other kudos he gave. The other guy was Elmore Leonard, who actually wrote a foreword to this book. And you guys know Elmore Leonard from like Get Shorty and stuff like that. He's kind of a, he's a, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a sniper guy. No, he's a no, crime novelist. no. Yeah, he's a yeah. He write, he, but he wrote like the Get Shorty. That's one of his famous ones. Like a bunch of other stuff. He's very prolific, and he too was into. Uh, he was a sports writer at one time, Elmore Leonard, just like this guy W. C. Hines. And so this book, The Professional, is about a middleweight fighter in uh, the late fifties, going from New York City to uh, his training camp to prepare for a fight, and it's very good. And, oh, uh, hold on, Jeff. You got a? Do you have a hardback copy? No. Well, he kind of. It's a. It's like a big paperback, the size of a hardback. If you know what I mean. Uh, hardback's two hundred fifty dollars uh, on eBay. That's that's a that's a very expensive book if you want to find it now. I would never steal sixteen ninety five paperback used. Yeah, I'll send you a that's picture. Of it, but uh, yeah, I'll send you cool. a picture of it. But uh, so it's really good and. Uh, you know, it, it's very tightly written and everything. I, it, he, the guy just moved from um, from at home to uh, to his training camp, and uh, it's it's just a, a good book. But the, the, the unusual thing, and when I bring it up, is because you know it, the two first uh, reviews were Ernest Hemingway and uh, and Elmore Leonard, and Ernest Hemingway. And then there was a review that came out for this book in uh, Time Magazine, which lambasted it because their book. Um, at the time, their book uh, reviewer was a British guy who said, please, uh, we don't need any more sports writers writing novels. Stick to writing about, you know, baseball and football and stuff like that snobby guy, which is probably what galvanized Hemingway to send in his, uh, <laughs> his review. But uh, So that's what I'm reading. And one last thing I wanted to say. I, um, on Memorial Day, I went to the memorial uh, for 2-1. The Marines from 2-1 and the other Marines who were killed in uh, in uh, Mogadi or in uh, excuse me in uh, in Kabul at the airport in August, and I went as the guest of the uh, former CO and the current CO. The current CO is a guy named Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, outstanding guy. He's on his way to, to uh, the War College in Newport. The the current one is uh, is uh, is Glenn Baker. Who was one of Dave's lieutenants? One of the, he was in the last class that I put through IOC, and I've run into him through the years. He was the prior advisor training branch guy, and so his wife didn't come. So he said, "Hey, sir, just be my wife. Sit up here in front." So I got to sit up in front, and the first part of the of the memorial was you know the politicians and shit. But when Brad White had got up and talked about his guys, it was outstanding. I wish I had it on tape. It's probably on tape somewhere. 
a five minute speech, if that, you know, and uh, it was very, uh, it was worth it. It was worth it. And what they did is they put a plaque. I don't know if you guys are familiar with San Clemente, but there's a statue down by the pier from Fifth Marines. It's a mm-hmm. guy in Alphas. Yep. Now there's a now there's a plaque to those Marines from, uh, you know, from Kabul that were that are there with all their names on it and stuff. So it's pretty good. And uh, but I have to tell you something else. The XO of the the uh, Expeditionary Operations Training Group. He's a religious guy, um, you know, and he uh, he went to mass on Memorial Day or the day before Memorial Day, and they didn't say a damn thing. About Memorial Day, Catholic Mass in Oceanside of all places, where the whole parish is pretty much, you know, people who are, uh, you know, who are Catholics from the Marines, you know, and um, he gave. Uh, I got. It. I'll send you. I'll send it to you to our to our thing, Mac, and you can look at it. You might want to put it out there. But he does a very good. They let him speak on Memorial Day at that same church. There wasn't many people there, but he did a great job, you know. And uh, so I can send you that thing. You might want to use it, but it's, I'll tell you, it's worth it. it really talks about especially nowadays especially with some of the stuff we talked about today um you know it brings you back to the reality of what you know what the marine corps is all about so i'll send it so that's it i i, I talk too much i'm sorry but i'm reading a lot and i'm doing stuff so there you go no, you know what jeff i i still am not uh, i still don't have closure with who made the decision Right when the red lights are blinking and there's going to be a suicide bombing someplace, that the force protection posture wasn't changed at that gate. I, I still have never heard an answer to that question. And when yeah. I went and I, I maybe a month, six weeks ago, I was with fam Gold Star families from that event here in in uh, over in Fullerton um, one evening, and the anxiety that they have from that event still not having the, yeah. that question answered. And I just, I just remembered our discussions about, you know, and, and I've never seen yeah. an, an explanation about who made the decision. Right. And again, we've all been through this, you know, in our times in Iraq and Afghanistan, when there was credible intelligence and, and, you know, we changed our force posture. And so, but, but no, yeah. God. I, and I, well, I got a lot more insight working with this guy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and also, there's a guy named uh, Chris Douglas who we put through ISD in '92, and uh, he's re- he's getting ready to retire as a reserve colonel. But he's done a shitload of these task forces and everything, you know, advisor stuff. Really, and he he did the investigation, and I talked to him too. So I got a little bit more insight into the thing, and it isn't any better, Mac. You right. know what I mean? Right. But I have to tell you, it's not the battalion commander. It's not, you know, the uh, the uh, there's a lot of bad decisions made based on no knowledge of what's going on on the ground, directed from across the ocean. You know, that, you know, that had very specific well, that, that, uh, results. I like, and stuff. That's what I, because I. We could maybe talk yeah, about that later yeah, on. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I first of all, we were going to do the road to Abilene, which I thought was going to be somewhat parallel to the short happy life of Francis McComber. Because Will threw it out there, like, "Hey, what about the road to Abilene?" I thought it would be this, but it's not. Am I reading well, the wrong road to Abilene? Because the road to Abilene is about decision making, group exactly. and all that. I never associated it with the. Somehow, I said the road to Abilene. And you're like, "What's that?" And I said, "You never heard of the road to Abilene," 
I and never then you that. said we should do short stories, and then you said, well, yeah, we never talked about the short, happy life of Francis Maycomber. So it's Macomber, uh, not Maycomber. Okay. Yeah, you <laughs> idiot. All right. <laughs> I'll re- I'll reprise you you uneducated fool. There you can cut that in. <laughs> You're good, probably pro- probably not going to see the light of day, but it's okay. I know. All right. What are you reading? Yeah, I was so I was surprised. I, I I got an email about it and it said Mac. Just watch this YouTube thing while you're driving, and you'll understand what Will's talking. Don't about. Don't watch it while you're driving, please. You could listen. listen to I it listen while you're to driving. it. I listen to it. Yeah, right. that's what I did. I am actually reading "Who Can Hold the Sea" by Horn Fisher. Oh yeah, and it's it's uh, it's exactly what you would expect from him. Unfortunately, he uh, passed away before it had been finally edited. Um, so I give you a couple things. There are some annoying inaccuracies in it. In one photo caption, the guns on the New Jersey are just or on the Missouri are described as the sixteen foot guns not the 16 inches yeah another one i saw was uh that the balfour declaration established the state of israel no yeah it's surprising other than that uh so the book is basically about the navy from 1945 on it is navy history not naval history um but what you're struck by in the period 1945 to 1950, because I just got to the start of the Korean War, is the number of serious, thoughtful, strategic thinkers in the Navy. <laughs> you are struck by the volume, the breadth, and the depth of the serious, thoughtful, strategic thinkers in the Navy. Why did you say that twice? Serious, thoughtful, strategic thinkers. Why did I you... was going to leave the rest of that out there? Yeah, because now Admiral Peach Fuzz is in charge of the Navy. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, he's priming you. He's just priming yeah. you to make a decision on your. Yeah, I mean, it's really something when the Navy's going to nuclear power to carry nuclear weapons. The whole yeah. inter-service battle is the country right. draws down ninety something percent, and so is Rick. Is Rick over in this thing? Will? Yeah, he's in oh, there yeah. for sure. So it just, and like all the Horn Fisher books, just just really well-written, integrating personal uh, stories of somewhat obscure characters. A, a, a funny thing that I do is I'm reading the book, and he mentions some Navy officer from World War II. I look up the guy on Wikipedia. Because you never heard of him, but he right. got he got three Navy crosses as a submarine commander. You know, <laughs> you never heard of him, but he was in charge of yada yada. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. uh, that's the great part of his writing is bringing those kind of people back to life. But anyhow, that's what I'm reading. There's an article. We in, know what you're reading. Nothing. So. There's an article <laughs> in Major part. General. It's written by a guy named Major General John Ferrari, U.S. Army retired. He's a visiting fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, former director of program analysis and evaluation for the U.S. Army. The article's entitled, this, I, I'm, I'm looking at it in breaking, breakingdefense.com, The Navy is Broken, Congress Must Launch a Commission to Find a Path Forward. 
quote, we're getting, clo- we're getting close to the tipping point where the only option is to go into full triage mode for the service. What the fuck is that? That's like it's a fan. Right. That's a fan. Oh. That was a phone. That's what I know, but like. those are like, that's a, that's a blowback <laughs> to our, our childhood, like. right? Like I'm old I school. Know. I can't help it. <laughs> Yeah. I, have, I have the same ring, just so you know. For the and service, plus it's a party line where Will is in, in Shitville, Kansas. It's a party line. That's no, so that's, he, he's that's got that's a list of Moth Ferguson and Uncle Joe Crabtree and all that shit, man. You're right. <laughs> Congress needs to lead us in this urgent recovery. And I've been, I said, I said um, a while ago, and I've said for the last year that. You know, the Navy needs to go into some form of bankruptcy and receivership to be reorganized in order to come out. And now somebody... And everybody told you how it's going to happen. Right. And They're going to get their asses kicked. It won't change until they get their asses kicked good. Somehow, even some, that. But when you're failing... It, even that doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah look uh, at Afghanistan. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, for all you people that are map people out there, uh, Grant came on and, and I busted out maps of the Pacific for him. A pretty interesting uh, discussion that he and I had on Wednesday or yesterday. I put it up, I think, because I, I was doing funerals. But um, uh, very interesting when you look at what the Chinese are trying to do from their perspective. When, when they're leapfrogging, the first two island chains and negotiating with, you know, nations there to have naval bases and things like that. You'll see the threat, right? Their land, mm-hmm. their land bridge to South America into Latin America and whatnot. So, um, no, if you like maps and if you're interested in, in, in things nautical and, and, and naval strategy as, a, as, as it's linked to uh, domestic economic strategy and things like that, um, yeah, very, very interesting, you know, Grant, very good. And so interesting Pacific ocean, big place. And, uh, and really, uh, has big things for the United States. So anyway, hi right, boys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a great Stay- weekend, man. That'll do it on a Friday. Thanks for listening. My thanks to uh, Will, Tim, and Jeff, for, uh, as always, for coming on. You know, um, The whole PAO community has kind of morphed itself um, into this world of Comstrat or Stratcom, something like that, right? And they fancy themselves, right? These people that are going to somehow or other, you know, intrigue the youth of America. Which, if you look at recruiting, obviously ain't going so well, right? Tell the story of the the military, and I think it's a dangerous. I think it's a dangerous 
thing that they do. And I think it ought to be reined in. Right? There's official things we do. We put videos out. All that stuff. I got that. Telling the story. But there's other things that they get involved in. And in my opinion, they have no business being involved in it. It's not their job to be the woke version of the Marine Corps. It's their job to be the Marine Corps or the Navy or the Army. Leave your personal agenda out of it. Stop trying to be so fucking woke and concentrate on fighting the nation's wars. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously that is not a prevailing sentiment. And you're going you're gonna to continue to see this shit over and over and over. So... Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. If I can help you help somebody, let me know. I'm Mike McNamara. I'm out.